listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly, where women over 40 discover how to find meaning and purpose, and how to feel at home in their own skin, love who they are, and design a life that makes them happy. I'm your host, Janelle Anderson, CEO and founder of Emerging Life Coaching. Hey everybody, welcome to Women Emerging Fearlessly. This is Janelle Anderson and I'm here today with a, a guest and I'm really excited to have her on the show today. She's got a great story and just some wonderful things that she has accomplished already and the things that she's overcome are just amazing. I know she will challenge you as well as inspire you. Dr. Evangeline D.B. Hudson. And she is affectionately known as Dr. Eve. She's a native of Charlotte, North Carolina, and a first-generation college graduate who earned a PhD at the age of 28, which just totally blows my mind. When I was 28, I wasn't even thinking. I I had a bachelor's, and that was it. And in my day, to earn a PhD, like hardly anybody ever did that. So it is Mm. still amazing to me that young people are earning that degree. But anyway... It's awesome. Congratulations for all of that. Um, and Dr. Eve is a motivational speaker, international podcast host, and a self-help author. And she's on a mission to inspire, empower, and uplift first-generation college students and graduates through personal transformation and entrepreneurial development. So exciting. So welcome to the show, Dr. Eve. Janelle, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about being here and and talking about, you know, overcoming fearlessly. Um, You are amazing. And I'm so glad we got to meet back some months ago. Um, Women's empowerment. So it's it's great to just continue to be in your space and to grow with you. Thank you. Yeah. And I just want to tell everybody, I met Dr. Eve at a women's empowerment conference that I had just heard about and went to just to see what it was all about and went to her workshop about podcasting because I had just started this a few months ago and uh, it was a wonderful workshop and I loved, I loved your energy. You were just fabulous. It was so much fun. It was my favorite one of the whole weekend, actually. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Thank you. And I'm glad you popped in, like you came by and you know, that we've stayed connected, you know, because sometimes you meet people and you don't stay connected. But I'm glad we've been able to do that. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited about the connection we've made and that just the couple times I've talked to you and your energy is contagious. And then reading, you know, a little bit about your bio and what you've accomplished. So tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from and some of the things you've dealt with and had to overcome to get where you are today. Yeah. So again, you know, a, a very proud native of Charlotte, North Carolina. I scream it to the masses because Charlotte is the best place in the world to me. <laughs> I love to travel, but it's no place like home. Right. Exactly. And I've loved how much, you know, the city has evolved over the years. And I give Charlotte a lot of credit for who I've become. Uh, and that being a first generation college graduate, having earned a PhD at 28, none of which I would have accomplished had I not grown up in the environment that I did. Though my background is one that was filled with a lot of hardship, um, having had a single mother and she got married at one point, but after getting married and having two other children, um, ended up being divorced. So then she ended up being a single parent with three children. Wow. And 
you know, when I was born, I was actually raised in my grandparents' house for some time because uh, that's where she was living. And there were several of us in a, a three bedroom, one and a half bathroom house. Like our particular room was a converted den and we shared bunk beds. So, you know, just coming from a place where I've always felt a lot of love and always had great family, although we didn't always have a whole lot. We didn't have a mansion, you know, nobody was a millionaire and there wasn't education there, not formal, you know, beyond the high school years. And so for me, I had a, a very loving uh, grandfather who was like, he was my favorite person in the world, <laughs> you know, and I, and he's just an amazing guy. He used to tell me when I got older, go to school, go to school, go to school. And I'm going to school, grandpa. And I'm going to high school. Right. And I'm school. But he was like, no, beyond that, you need to go to school. And, you know, he would tell me that, but I still had no concept of what college was or would be. But again, being in a place like Charlotte for me, where academic programs um, such as the one at my high school were rigorous and, and challenging, but they were professors who identified students who had potential and could do more with themselves. I had lots of great educators to step in my path and say, there's more for you mm -hmm. and I want you to have more for yourself. And though you may not see it, let's shine some light, you know, on, on your life. And so um, just to kind of fast forward, ended up getting into college and, and went to school. And I want to say that the rest is really history. <laughs> yes. Well, just so everybody knows, she's really not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Look at <laughs> She just had a birthday and she's only 33. So um, only, and I'm still only. crying about it. <laughs> You're just a baby. Okay, um, but, but you, so you have accomplished a lot and, um, uh, and coming from a background like that, where you were the first one to go to college, that is huge. And I love how you had people speaking into you for us older people like that is a, a real message to even take away that we do have an impact on younger people and we can speak into them hope and inspire them and um, just let them see how great they are and how much potential they have. And just, you're such a great example of that. Um, and then it looks like now you really have a passion to pour into young people today. Absolutely. I do. And you know, it's because of those who poured into me that throughout my life, I've strived to be who, one, I needed, but then two, to be the person that I've had in my life that has helped me get to where I am. Um, if it had not been for educators, I don't know where I would be. And that's why I'm so passionate about being in an education space and still doing work that directly targets a, a group of individuals like myself who are first generation, um, which makes it special because it's just more or less the identity that comes from um, Though I wasn't educated, I am now educated, but then my family still isn't formally educated in learning how to navigate the two worlds um, of identity because it's quite the transition, but educating and educating and educators is still very, um, they're very, still very central in my life. All my mentors <laughs> are, are educators. So yes. it's just, we change the world, you know. We do. And I was a teacher for a long time and I'm still an educator. I, my dad was a professor. And my brother is also a professor, top-notch mm -hmm. educators. I mean, we are all about that. It just gives people more opportunities to be all, to really take the seeds of potential that are already there and just grow them and be all. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Absolutely. To be, yeah. Yeah. So tell us what you're doing now and what really excites you um, with, with the First Gen Lounge and everything else that you're doing. 
And so it was fell into podcasting uh, back in 2017. Uh, a friend introduced to me the idea of, hey, you should do a podcast. And I was thinking, what in the world is that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know anything about podcasts back then. And of course, they're still booming. They're they're growing every, you know, several thousands coming out every day. But my bachelor's degree is actually in mass communication. So I figured, you know, I would be a, a disc jockey one day. And when I started to learn about podcasting, I realized this could be my way to still you know, secretly reach that goal of mine to be a radio host, but I have my own show. Yeah. And um, so I did a bit of research and in 2017, January 26th of my birthday, I actually launched the podcast. And at that point, it was the Purpose University podcast. And the thing that made that exciting was I wanted to talk about purpose and finding a purpose and, you know, living intentionally, never created content. I was randomly recording shows. I may have put out six shows in that one year, but there was no intention behind it, but to, Oh, this would be another thing to do. But I, I just didn't, I didn't know, I had no direction. And um, I remember talking to a friend in 2018 and I kept saying, I just feel like a lot of my challenges as an adult are because I'm a first generation college graduate. Like I have all this education, but it doesn't change what I've been through or where I'm from. It doesn't change what home looks like for me. I said, I wonder if other people are experiencing this. And so I decided to start interviewing other people who are first-generation college graduates as a, as a thing, really. Just a, is anybody else experiencing this? Let's talk about it. And it's now become <laughs> episode 100 this week. Wow. Um, which I'm extremely Great. excited about. Yes. I've you know, hit over 40 countries. Um, I've made it you know beyond 32,000 downloads. And wow. I'm just kind of like, all from a, from me complaining about being first gen. <laughs> and that so, is funny. You know, so there's a community there. There's something. There's something is happening. But saying that to say, when I started having the conversations, the light came on for me, okay. and I realized, oh my gosh, we aren't having these conversations post college, and I can be the one to do that. And then I realized that all of my background, through education, through my professional experiences, through desires to speak and radio host it all made sense and so the first gen lounge came to life um in 2018 i actually changed the name from the purpose university podcast to the first gen lounge in september because i realized this was going to work <laughs> like I, this is going to this is going to change but i did not think janelle not for a single moment that this was going to be my thing and that i would be known for podcasting so it's been quite um, <laughs> exciting yes yeah, quite exciting and kind of scary but fun but more than anything, absolutely fulfilling. So I love that you get on the journey, you start following your idea or your first passion, and, and, but you're on the journey. You get the train on the tracks. I use that all the time, that metaphor. Mm. You can't create anything really in your life till you get moving, right? If you're just sitting in the station thinking about stuff, nothing happens, but you get it on the track and you start moving. It doesn't mean it's always going to go in the same direction. It can change tracks like you yes, did. But you were moving and that's how it happened. Absolutely. And, you always land where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me too, that you were really just talking about something you had experienced, you were experiencing and wondering anybody else experiencing this. And there you go. You've created this little niche for yourself and you're right. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody talking about that. And it never occurred to me that that would be, a thing that, you know, first generation college students or grads would have 
this kind of dichotomy between their home life and growing up still being, you know, mostly non-educated in their family and then this whole world that has opened up to them. So it's very interesting that you discovered that, but you discovered it because you were following your own path and like looking at what you experienced. Absolutely. And bringing that to the table, which I think is very important for women to see, because I hear them all the time saying like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what, what my thing is. I don't know what my passion is. It's interesting that you say that because I think about when you think about what your passion is, what is a problem that you just can't stop thinking about in terms of wanting to solve? Yes. Like what is a thing? And for me, I've always been a problem solver. Like it's just, if it's a problem I want to solve and I want to research it, I want to think about it, I want to talk about it, I want to do everything around it. But it was also taking time to think about like being reflective and thinking about my own problems. I yeah. think we can find our passion within our own problems, our own challenges. Because again, like you mentioned, you realize other people are having the same issue. And there are a lot of businesses or companies that are multi-million, you know, yes. billions even worth because somebody had a problem that they wanted to solve exactly. and that they felt so deeply about it that they couldn't help themselves. And that's what happened to me. Now, I'm not at the multi-million stage yet. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. You know, it's coming. <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? That's but, right. <laughs> but I will absolutely say that it, it's, it's been solving my own problem and then hearing the conversations of my peers to continue to create content to help solve more of their problems, even as I'm solving my own. So it's been fascinating to say the least, but I agree about the passion. When you find that group that you can't get over helping either, then you yeah. run in that direction. Yeah. And I think so often we just get in our heads. I know when I was going through coach training school, trying to figure out your niche was such a big problem for new coaches. Like they're in, you're getting your head. Like, I don't know, which one should I pick? Which one should I do? And yet it's really, really more about what's in your heart. You already, you already have it. Like, what have you experienced? What, like you said, what's the problem you're having that you could solve? Cause we're all in this together. You'd be surprised to find out how many people share the same problems that you do or the same issues or the same struggles. And it's just a matter of talking about them. And then people will be like, Oh, me too. My, my biggest thing is helping others who share stories similar to myself. Um, again, just being first generation and to graduate. Um, a lot of times too, coming from low SES background, so low socioeconomic, um, who may have come from hardship, right? Yeah. But working with these individuals to get them to see their potential. Um, it's probably the educator in me that is after that, but also getting them to like to transform and to navigate some of the hurdles, some of the barriers that they have once they become, as I say, real adults. And and that being when you're living in the real world and you have to choose between, oh my gosh, I'm the only person in my family that's on salary and I have benefits and everybody thinks that I'm making it because I am, you know, I'm not hourly, I'm salary. Like I can take vacations and not worry about the dock and pay. Yes. You don't think about how significant that is. Like I, I never think. considered why sometimes my mom just could not take off and not that she did anything wrong in her life, but I didn't consider what work really meant and the advantage of having the salary job and having, and again, benefits and retirement and stuff. And my mom had to be present to work, but if something happened, I could take off from my job and just go do whatever and the money was still going to come. Exactly. Yeah. What do you do then though? When, you know, maybe even others think 
that because of the setup that you have, that you just got money overflowing, how do you choose to give, you know, what dollar amount to what thing if somebody needs help? Um, that's something to think about. Several people who are first generation college graduates who come, especially from the low ACS backgrounds, have these obligations to take care of family because of, again, this, a lot of times the financial conditions. And so to not feel guilty about what you've worked hard for and you want to enjoy, do I give you $200 for this thing that you need? But I really want to go on this trip and I really worked hard for it. So having conversations about how to navigate sometimes those relationships with family or even things like um, what does it look like to be professional? You know, if we look at some of these viral videos and we think about what's acceptable in the workplace, and I say viral videos, fights breaking out in restaurants, let's just go there and how a particular manager may have handled the situation with the customer. And then it got really, you know, chaotic. Um, in some cases, that's acceptable. But in certain professional environments, that's not. Like, it won't fly. It won't be okay. You're going to lose your job if you don't know how to handle that conflict. And again, for me, evolving through what things look like and how I'm supposed to handle things. And then to be an adult and for people to assume that I knew because I was grown. Right. Wasn't the case. Right. Right. Like I have never experienced these things. Nobody in my family has had to go through negotiating your job, your salary. That's something you can do. Wait a minute. I, you, that's a hundred percent benefits. That's something that you, that you get. And it's not being taken from my paycheck. Wow. Like there are Thanks. things that we don't think about that. These are, this is what comes up and it's real. Or then what happens when grandma though is sick. And I do need that time from work. Can I have a boss that's really understanding, though I am salaried, you really understand I need to go home and may need to be away for an extended period of time. Can I choose to work from home because of the family obligation? Because um, I don't have brothers or cousins or sisters or anybody who's helping me with this thing. So it's just really interesting that people don't realize some of these things are happening to people and then they can't retain employees or they're having conflicts and thinking that Chelsea is difficult when she's not. She's just never been in this environment before and still needs the mentorship and support. And though she may have gotten the college degree, it was about the degree, not always the professional development or learning how to navigate an intimate relationship when you grew up with a single parent, you uh -huh. know, not having some of the models. And what does that look like for, for me? I mean, now going on excitingly five years of marriage with my awesome husband, <laughs> we've been together, uh, been friends 10 years now. But we've had to really figure it out for ourselves because neither of us had parents in the household to teach us what marriage looks like. And so we didn't use it as an excuse, though, because we wanted to be married and create our lives. And though my mom was, again, married for some time, it wasn't, you know, the ideal of what you would think. So I typically fell back on my grandparents' relationship, right? Love my grandparents. Right. And they were together the year my grandfather passed 50 years. So it would have um, been 50 years. But I remember little things like them sitting on the couch holding hands. And I used to think they were so cheesy. Oh. Like, what? Holding hands? <laughs> so cute. They would hold hands on the couch. Nothing my grandmother ever wanted, you know, was my grandfather got all of it. Like, everything she wanted, it, a cure cabinet or a ring she saw somewhere, he got it for her. He did, you know, he gave her the best life and he took care of the house. So in spite of the fact that I may have missed some of those things, you know, with my mom, and again, I don't ever blame my mom for it because it's not her fault. The relationship didn't work out. I would say it's like, it's, I mean, both of them just, they couldn't agree to, you know, right. to agree kind of thing. And, and that happens. 
But when my mom needed to do to take care of her children and to work and to provide for us, I never blame her for that. And she gave me the absolute best life that she could. But I never realized becoming an adult, there were some things I'm going to have to pick up the pieces for. But again, saying all that to say, I'm passionate about helping others to be able to just walk in their truth and own it and be okay with the conditions from which they come and then where they're trying to get to in spite of some of the challenges. Oh, but I can't help mom this, this month. You know, I, I can't give my brother a new car because he totaled the last one. <laughs> it's not my responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And to not continue to feel responsible, but to also just find the balance and then to feel confident and to feel, you know, very excited about the life that's ahead of them and to feel worthy in, in their spaces. So it really makes a lot of sense, you know, and I, and I would imagine that sometimes they have to deal with feeling guilty if they choose not to help that family member. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or to feel guilty about not moving back home. Yeah. I love I love your use of guilt because um, that, that's a, what a lot of it ends up being, mm-hmm. especially when you get um, <laughs> when you get this line. So you think you're better. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Did we all have choices? Yes. I don't think I'm better. I just think I made different choices. I left home and never moved back. So I've been gone like literally away. I've lived in Raleigh. I've lived in Mississippi for some time. So I've literally, since I went off to school, I've lived somewhere other than home. But there has been guilt when there have been family crises happening. And, you know, the idea of being present is like, you should be here for this. And then to choose myself and my career has made me incredibly selfish. Uh, considering the circumstance where typically let's move back home, let's make sure home is good. But I've had the most supportive mom in the world. That's why. And she's told me so many times, if you move back here, move back because you want to move back. Not because something is happening that's bad within our family that you feel like you need to come back and fix it because we'll figure it out and we've lived our lives. You've got to you live yours. And the last thing you want to happen is to come back home on account of me or anybody else and then you miss out on your life. Exactly. And so, so I know probably a lot of the women in my audience would have possibly younger um, children or people that they know that could benefit from what you do. Um, probably a lot of the women that listen to me didn't get college um, educations and just went to work. Um, and maybe they have college educated kids or they know people. So how can people get in touch with you if they would like to talk to you or to listen to your podcast? Fun stuff. Well, the best way to do that would be my website. Okay. And that is uh, Um, And it's there where you can actually get direct access to the podcast and to any resources to be able to help other first generation college graduates and, you know, entrepreneurs even to be able to just find their space. I'm still building, but even there will guide you to my email address and to my social media if you'd like to find me. So I would say go, go there, go there. The party's there. All right. Party's there. Party's there. (laughs) And I will put that info in the podcast notes as well, but it's been such a delight and pleasure to have you on my show today. And thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and your wisdom and your passion. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for having me here. Um, continue to leave your mark on this world as well and be bold in what you're doing. I really enjoy talking to you every time we talk. And, and it's just, 
you're just such a great person and I'm continuing to wish you well in, in every endeavor ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, everybody have a, a wonderful day. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about how to create the life you truly want, visit my website at emerginglifecoaching.com or shoot me an email at janelle at emerginglifecoaching.com. Until next time, emerge fearlessly and go out there and do what you really want.